We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the NFC East Feast and the boys are back to discuss our first of four team previews in the division. We are starting with George and John's favorite team. That is the Washington Commanders. Um, I wanted to say a quick congratulations to uh, first you, John. Um, It sounds like the sale, Dan Snyder has accepted it. The Dan Snyder era is officially over. Oh my gosh, man. I'm so pumped. Like, it's been everything with this team, everything with Snyder, it's always been like ringing, right? Like everything is more difficult than it needs to be. So the sale process felt at least maybe from a media standpoint, the same way. But now that it's, you know, now that the deal has been, you know, accepted and the NFL, you know, just kind of is a matter of them approving it. That's going to be a day that's celebrated for a very long time for commanders fans. Um, 20, 20 plus years of like awful mediocrity and, and mostly worse is, is finally over. So we've talked about it uh, a couple of different times on the pod. Uh, George, I know you're excited too. Like this is, this is just a wash your hands, fresh start, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the amount of energy that's coming from the city is very similar to when the caps won the cup. Uh, when the nationals won. no no this is not a joke yeah like this is not a joke like this is absolutely how the fan base feels when the nationals won the world series like they're all comparing it to it um they are now able to kind of get back to rooting for the team and i think that ticket sales are going to skyrocket um i think opening day is going to be insane um, I, I'm really looking forward to what I see as far as the energy from the fans and implementing that energy into our players is even more important. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this year. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy for both you guys. Uh, John, the, my favorite thing that you shared with me throughout this process was uh, during the Dan Snyder era, the team had more team names than playoff wins. And I think that that sums <laughs> up, uh, you know, who he is. Jeez, that's a pretty good summation, man. And like, 
I, I don't know a ton, ton about this kind of group that is put together, but I do know that Josh Harris has been successful in other leagues already. Um, and to, and to kind of go from like, it might not be a stretch to say the worst owner in professional sports, right? Yeah. Probably most definitely the NFL. Uh, so to move from that, to move to a guy that has already shown competency and already shown that he can, can put together a winning organization in two different major sports, um, is, is like really optimistic. Yeah, clearly. The- I mean, uh, I don't, I just don't want to make the owner a headline anymore. Yeah. Where I'm at. And like, I don't I think just, we're at Yeah. And, and I think that as long as Josh kind of stays in his own lane, um, in that group there with, um, with magic Johnson. And, and I think, I don't know, there's a lot of members in that group, but yeah, yeah. I just, I want them to stay out of the way and, and let the football people do football. things. Fuck. Gosh, preach, brother. Yeah. Well, um, um, actually, I, I wanted to say really quickly, but George said one thing I'm really excited about is uh, three years in a row, I think we had a home opener. So it was kind of like, oh, are we going to really get lucky enough to get a fourth in a row? And I think we are. Uh, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but to George's point, ticket sales for that home opener is going to be not just a, a we're happy football's back. It's going to be a full on celebration of, you know, <laughs> Dan Snyder gone. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys, man. Let's dive in uh, to this Washington Commanders offseason where we left you last. We were doing a mock draft. So I want to go over who the commanders actually drafted. And that started off with the 16th overall pick. You guys selected cornerback Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. In the second round, you selected Jartavius Martin. Uh, This is a defensive back from Illinois. I have him listed here as a safety. I'm not sure if he's a safety or a corner. Do you guys know what he's going to play? He's going to play everywhere. He's going to play nickel. He's going to play safety. He's going to play in the box. He's going to be covering a lot of tight ends. Okay. So, uh, like, right off the bat with him, a lot of people said that they like him for our scheme, maybe even more so than Forbes because of George's point. He was, like, a dominant, dominant nickel corner where he was at. Well, if you look at um, prefer him over Forbes. Yeah, if you look at the NFC East, he's going to be guarding uh, Dallas Goddard and Darren Waller. So, you know, he's got his work cut out for him. Absolutely. In the third round, you guys shirt up the offensive line by drafting Ricky Stomberg. He's a center from Arkansas. Fourth round, you stuck with the offensive line. Braden Daniels, a guard from Utah. Fifth round, you chose an edge rusher from Clemson, K.J. Henry. I feel like that maybe could be a steal in that spot. Sixth round, you guys bolstered the backfield. Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky. And in the seventh round, you bolstered the defensive line again and selected Andre Jones from Louisiana. So overall, George, what's what's your draft grade for this team and what picks stood out for you? And are, are there any that you didn't care for? Oh, man. Um, I would say it was a B-minus draft um, altogether um, when I initially saw it. Um, I'm going to change that to a B-plus uh, because when I've, when I've heard the things I've heard in rookie training camp and I, and I see the size of some of these players, um, you know, obviously my optimism is, is there, uh, but our DBs are the deepest in the East right now. Like strictly DBs. I know our backers, you'll say what you want about our backers, but guess what? The only one backers really on the field. Yeah. At time out of the 11. Yeah. Um, that's so the, that's the Cody Barton. Defense. Correct. So if it's, if, if that's Cody Barton with, from Seattle, um, if that's, you know, Jamin Davis, and I'm sorry, I, I know we're talking the draft here, so I'll slow down, but, um, overall, I loved getting guys on Del Rio is probably 
ecstatic, dude. Yeah. Uh, for for that defense, I think KJ Henry is uh, is is definitely has a motor on him. I don't know if he's a steal just yet, uh, but I'm excited about him. I think that we could have went earlier in the offensive line. Um, but we chose not to. We chose to focus on defense, and I think this—that's what the team's identity is going to be this year, uh, based off the draft and based off our personnel—is going to be defense. How about you, John? Yeah, I agree with all of your sentiments there for the most part. Um, I, I liked cornerback um, in the first round, um, and I, and you know Emmanuel Forbes is definitely—I've warmed up to him. Um, you know, he didn't jump off the page, and it kind of stung a little bit that technically the highest graded, you know, cornerback um, was available. And then the Patriots end up taking him immediately after we take Emmanuel Forbes. So it makes you think, oh, wait a minute. But Ron is, one thing I'll say is Ron has always done what Ron wants to do in the draft. He likes his guys. Yeah. And and we've had some guys that have really come out of his draft classes that have become starters, not just in higher rounds, but in lower rounds. So, um, you know, the draft process, I'll, I'll give kind of like my loose grade at the end, but it's so difficult to grade these things, right? Because it's like, it, you're really not going to be able to truly give an evaluation of these guys for like five, 10 years. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, going cornerback second round now, oh my gosh, now it feels like a head scratcher night of you're like, Oh gosh, what's happening. Um, but I like, I like Jatavius Martin too. I, I agree with you. I think we probably could have gone offensive line a little bit sooner, maybe at that pick, but I know they liked him a lot and they probably had lost, um, you know, some of the guys at the top of their board um, at the offensive line. Uh, Ricky Stromberg, I thought was funny, Brian, because I did actually draft a center for us yep. uh, in our mock draft. I knew that we, we wanted to look for a long-term replacement for Chase Rue. Um, I knew that they had ideas of moving Nick Gates around the offensive line, which it sounds like that's what they're going to end up doing. I think they hope Ricky Stromberg comes in and starts at center. Um, if not, he may end up being left guard because that was a position of weakness for us. So um, all in all, I mean, I think we did decent. I mean, I think we got, positions of need um i think we got a steal in kj henry from from what you know folks are talking about even chris rodriguez jr i know we already had a pretty decent backfield or at least one that was aspiring to be very good but i think he's gonna add some uh some more kind of uh angry runs um to that to that group so i would say like c plus um I, I don't think we did anything amazing. I don't think we drastically got better, but I do think we filled some positions of need. And if these guys work out, you know, to Ron's fit and to Ron's scheme, then yeah, 10 years from now, this might be a, you know, an A plus, A plus draft. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the draft as well. I'm with you guys. If, if you look at uh, a few years ago, like how many wide receivers were drafted before Terry McLaurin eventually was. And I think he's one of the best receivers out of that class. So I think this front office, although dysfunctional at times in the ownership group, has um, shown some savviness on draft night. I love Emmanuel Forbes from what I saw going into the first round. This was Ron Rivera's guy. If you saw some of the media, Ron was you know saying, like, we want Emmanuel Forbes there at pick 16. I'm a fan of the kid. I mean, he broke the all-time college football record for pick sixes. So this is a kid who, when the ball is in the air, he comes down with it, and he looks to score. Very Deion Sanders-esque. So I'm a big fan of him. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. That's 30, 30 interceptions in five years. Wow. <laughs> 30 and like it's not and like to brian's point what he just said like it's almost more impressive what he does after the interception because he was a wide receiver he was a wide receiver growing up that flipped the cornerback uh position so it's like 
he's fun to watch once he actually does make the pick. And a lot of yeah. these picks are not gambles. They're calculated. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I For mean, sure. that one, or everybody sees that one against Will Levis and thinks like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, it's like that because that's freaking insane highlight reel stuff. But, to, yeah, oh, yeah, to your point, he's a smart kid. All right, guys. Now I'm just going to run down your whole roster. We'll go position group by position group and just give you guys – I want to get your guys' feel on, on how uh, confident you are uh, with this roster um, as we approach training camp. We're going to start off with the quarterback position. Uh, QB1 right now, as far as I'm concerned, is Sam Howell, second-year player out of North Carolina. But, of course, one of my favorite free agent signings you guys had was Jacoby Brissett, bringing him over to be a backup. Jacoby Brissett, I feel, is a top 35 quarterback in this league. He's he's a borderline starter. So if anything happens where Sam Howell falters or if Sam was unfortunately to get injured, I think you have a competent backup, someone who's going to come in and almost be like the anti-Carson Wentz. He's not going to do anything to wow you, but he's not going to lose a game for you with careless turnovers. Uh, you guys also have Jake Fromm and something called Tim DeMorit on your roster at quarterback. But... Uh, John, are you feeling more comfortable heading into the 2023 season um, compared to 2022 when you had Heineke and Carson Wentz? Yeah, I think comfortable is probably a good word to describe it, just because, like, to your point, like, you've got a very trusty kind of uh, short-up backup option if anything were to happen to Sam Howell. Um, Comfortable in the sense that, like, for I don't know how many years now, Ron and, and team have been trying to find a quarterback, and we've somehow put together decent seasons with like very below average, like bottom of the league quarterback. And don't get me wrong, like we've had our moments where it's like so much fun to watch Carson throw three touchdowns against Jacksonville or Heineke have some of his tremendous moments. But like all in all, when it, when you look at the you know the the big picture the the statistics the box score at the end of these games like we've not performed at this position so I have all the faith in the world in Sam Howell and I hope he's I hope he succeeds I think that uh, you know he's a prime example of like a quarterback that could fall he had a very good season uh, decided to stay one more year at North Carolina kind of bit him a little bit but what did, what do you think George I'm excited man um, you know the last time we've seen someone kind of get born from the draft in Washington was Dwayne Haskins uh, RIP Dwayne and I'm looking forward to seeing Sam and I'm looking forward to seeing you know the type of moxie that he brings I think if you guys remember that last week of the season against Dallas man oh I remember when he when he, when he, when he rushed when he rushed for that touchdown dude he got up flexing like he definitely has a he lowered bit the shoulder. Of, Yes, on Trayvon, he 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 rolled, he ran over Trayvon Diggs. Let's be honest. He's 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 a thicker guy. Like he really yeah. is. He's a bottom heavy guy. He's got some thick old quads on him, bro. He's, he's listed here at six one two twenty. That's pretty yeah. stout. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. stout for sure. He's bigger um, than he's. I mean, he's bigger than Taylor Heineke. He doesn't eat red meat. Kind of yeah, 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 that is kind of odd. Um, but. Uh, but anyways, so yes, I think that the receivers and the you know what, what I've seen in interviews from Terry uh, from the O linemen, it seems like Sam has a quiet confidence to him. It sounds like he commands the huddle. Um, a lot of people are they're saying that's just what QB one needs to do. So I'm sure that the enemy was on him about like, look, if you're going to be QB one, you got to have that confidence. So I think he's always had a quite quiet confidence to him. Um, if you could remember, you know, I think it was his junior year in North Carolina. I think I think John mentioned that briefly, but he was the best quarterback in college football uh, yeah. at one point. 
Um, so he was going to get drafted first round regardless. And then he lost a lot of his receivers, one being Deami Brown, uh, who I'm yep. still looking to show up, but we'll go there in receivers. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Jacoby as well, you know, and the, as the backup role. And and if, if Sam, you know, ends up throwing nine picks and five touchdowns, you know, maybe we'll make that change. I, I, but I believe in Sam here. I don't think Jacoby gets the rock and, and, unless Sam ends up getting hurt here. Yeah, I think I think you guys uh, should be optimistic about your starter and then feel like you have a very high floor with your backup. So like as, as bad as it could go, if the same how experiment um, does not work out, I think you have someone who can come in and at least have you guys playing competitive, thoughts, respectable Pete? football. What are your thoughts? I, I think you guys are in a better position right now than you were last year. Because I think you have hope. We talk about how the NFL sells hope. You know, Sam Howell sold you a whole bunch of hope in Week 17. Um, I've seen some tape breakdown of him by Brian Baldinger, and he seems to like what he sees with the limited, you know, tape. Obviously, he's put on the field. I think with a full off season under his belt, he's got decent weapons, which we're about to talk about. I think Sam Howell can get this team to at least eight wins, which is what they were last year. So I don't. I think you guys should should feel good, but also have to temper expectations a little bit. There's a reason that he did fall in the draft, but maybe there wasn't, and he's going to prove everybody wrong. Either way, I'm I'm excited. I wasn't excited to see Carson Wentz because I pretty much knew what the end result was. So this yeah. is a, this this is new. Yeah, I want to talk about now the guys who are going to help. I think Sam Howell uh, live up to the expectations. The running back, which is a strong group for you guys. Um, Antonio Gibson, who literally, you know, the guy who's been there, very strong. <laughs> literally, uh, Brian Robinson Jr., Jarrett Pattinson, Chris Rodriguez. We talked about the rookie, and then Jonathan Williams as well. Like that's you guys go four or five deep. Who I think guys who can contribute on all three downs. Um, John, how you feeling about what I think is a, is an above average rushing attack for Washington? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting. I think um, to see how the the kind of depth chart shakes out, um, I don't think it's normal to keep five running backs on the roster, um, yeah. probably somewhere between three to four, depending on what they think they're going to get out of all out of the you know the two starters and then whoever stays. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Chris Rodriguez apparently was a guy that the enemy liked a lot. I don't know what kind of versatility he brings. I know he's more he's more well known as like kind of a smash mouth player, um, which you know you, you kind of would give the credit on our offense currently to Brian Robinson for that. I think that personally, I would say what excites me the most about this group is that I think Antonio Gibson in our system has been underutilized, if anything. Um, so I, I hope that uh, Bienemy is able to. Um, design offensive schemes that get his skill players uh, in position, especially late in games to really make an impact. And I think that one of those players that will benefit the most from that is Antonio Gibson. Yeah. I got to echo Warman's sentiments on Antonio Gibson. It looks like he has a new life there. Um, I, I was watching him in his presser today and he's full of energy. He's ready to, you know, he's ready to teach up, you know, all the rooks. Like I think he really needed a change in the enemy and I think he's going to show out this year. I really do. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to all the backs, though. Chris Rodriguez, I was a little bit concerned about. I was like, this guy's very similar to our backs already. Um, apparently, I mean, they didn't utilize him with the pass game too much. But they're talking a lot of third down back 
um, information mm-hmm. I'm getting from for Chris Rodriguez. Apparently, he's he has great hands. They just didn't utilize it in Kentucky. Uh, bigger body guy. So I, I mean, all the guys are over two two twenty. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really think there's a bigger running back backfield um, right. across as far as depth wise, as far as depth. Sure. Um, so I think we do have the deepest running backs in the East right now, um, as far as depth as well. I don't think that's going out outlandish in saying that. Um, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching this. I mean, they're going to weigh on you, dude. If they're, they're yeah. able to run the ball, they're going to weigh on you. And it's, it's kind of like a, it's like a three headed attack version of like a, a Derrick Henry, right? I mean, yeah. if they're running the ball 20 plus times a game or they're getting touches to these guys 20 plus, you know, 30 plus times a game to George's point, they're going to wear you down. So the third and fourth quarter defenses are just not going to be wanting any of that. Right. Yeah, it's it's a totally different rushing attack. But if you look at what the Eagles have over in Philly with now DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell, they also yeah. um, are, are going to roll out some weapons. But cer- certainly that's more of a speed situation than you guys have some power. Uh, but if you remember, uh, Coach Bienemy once upon a time cut his teeth you know, as a running back in the NFL. So I'm yeah. sure that he's going to pay a lot of attention to these guys, and and I expect them all to take leaps and bounds because they're all still pretty young. Antonio Gibson's only been in the league three years, all even though he's kind of like the veteran. So I think good things to come out of the running back room. And I'm going to go over to the weapons. I'll go through the receivers and tight ends. Of course, um, one of the best receivers in the NFL. He guys got Terry McLaurin, the leader of the whole team, in my opinion. Uh, you've got Curtis Samuel, the free agent who came over last year from Carolina. You've got Deami Brown, George uh, was talking about, uh, college teammate of Sam Howell, uh, a personal favorite of the podcast. Shout out to oh, Jay God. Ludge, Jahan, the Don Dotson. <laughs> and his, uh, I expect him to uh, take big strides in his second year out of Penn State. Got injured last year, but still, I think, ended up with seven or eight touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. Guy has a nose for the end zone. Dax Milne, uh, George's favorite punt returner. And then I see a lot of names on here I don't, I'm not familiar with, like Zion Bowers, Marcus Kemp. Um, these are guys, Jalen Sample, who probably aren't yeah. going to see the field, but they're, they're in camp. For the tight end room, unfortunately, I think I saw that Armani Rogers tore his Achilles today, so we're not going to have to um, uh, talk about him, unfortunately. Get well soon, Armani. Um, but you guys got Logan Thomas, um, he, eight-year veteran, former quarterback. Uh, John Bates is another guy who I know gets playing time for you guys, a blocking tight end. And Curtis Hodges as well. And I see Cole Turner, a rookie out of Nevada, 6'6", big boy. So maybe uh, I'm not, I'm not very, uh, familiar with Cole Turner. But what do you guys feel about about these weapons? Is 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 this enough for uh I almost said Dax Mill. Is this enough uh for no, Sam no. Howell to to uh, to succeed George or would you like to see them make another move out of one of these potential free agents who are still out there? No, I I I really love this group. I think this group was ranked um 10 or 11 across most wide receiver rankings as far as team wide receivers go and I I think that's right around where they can be and I think they they could be an uh, an eight or nine. Honestly, um, the amount of depth that they have at the position, you know, they have they have Scary Terry, but Scary Terry is not not known to be the best in the league. But they got guys like the Don that's very similar to Scary Terry. They guys guys like Curtis that can run the ball out of the backfield and is a little bit of slasher. Could do a little bit of everything. And then you kind of got the question mark in Diami Brand, which has straight line speed, but you don't really know what route tree you're going to get out of him. 
Um, so I think across the board, I'm looking forward to seeing the tight ends and Logan coming back strong. He says he feels good um, after taking that time off. Even when he came back last year, he just wasn't the same. Um, and Turner as well. You know, I think we're all really excited about him going into last year, being a big body, body guy. Uh, those those two guys, not necessarily the, the best linemen as, as far as tight ends go, but you got Bates there, you know, uh, for, for that kind of. Uh, you know, that scheme that whatever BME wants to do. I'm looking forward to seeing the amount of exotic stuff that BME is be able to do because, again, there is so many different weapons that do so many different things. Uh, but, yeah, I'm I am excited. I think Sam should be thrilled with what he has, and I think he should have all the confidence in the world uh, of those guys because a lot of those guys are vets now, man. They're, they're three, four years in, and, you know, they're – they're ready to go, dude. This this team has a newfound energy this year, and I and I say that a lot, but there's something different in the air about them. Yeah, John, how you feel? Uh, absolutely, man. I mean, <clears throat> it was it was a shame that Jahan got hurt last year, obviously, because I think he would have had a bigger rookie season. Um, but I do think you know between him and Terry McLaurin, I think that uh, again the two of them are going to benefit um, very much so uh, from I would say Terry even more so from like the enemy you know, designing plays to get McLaurin the ball. That's been an issue in his career. He still puts up numbers, but he's had so many different quarterbacks, and it seems like the offense, for whatever reason, struggled to generate plays for him at times. Um, so I'm very excited to see what Terry uh, can do this year. Uh, Jahan Dobson, I think, takes a, another large step forward from what he did in his rookie year. Curtis Samuel, uh, you know, is fun to watch. Um, and I think, again, he'll, he'll factor in that kind of gadget role, but also play the slot wide receiver, like you mentioned, George. Um, and Cole Turner, you mentioned. I think between Logan Thomas and Cole Turner, they liked what they had in the room enough to not focus on drafting a tight end, which a lot of people thought we might we might do like that Georgia tight end Darnell Washington who I actually liked a lot but um, I think you know I was excited about Cole Turner last year so I would like to see them you know coach him up and, and get him involved as much as possible as tall and as lanky as he is um, one other name on here I can't I don't I didn't hear if you said it or not Brian but Casimir Allen is listed on our depth chart as third behind John Dotson so uh, yeah. just to sure. just to tie in uh, a little Dax Milne uh, nugget here. He should no longer be touching the ball uh, now that we have <laughs> picked up. We Casimir Allen is a, a UDFA out of UCLA. Okay. Check out the highlight reel if you would like. As a special teamer, I think he only did kick returns, but they were saying we're gonna, they're, they're going to get him up to speed real quick on punt returns. Uh, but the guy is, is a lot of fun to watch uh, in the return game. Ryan Mitchell gushing over this kid. Uh, and that's what, you know, one of his specialties was. So hey, a good return, man. Um, you know, like the Cowboys had Cavante Turpin last year. He, he flipped the yeah. field a couple times for us yeah. in crucial games. Huge, so you know, that's, huge. that, yeah, that's, that's going to be fun for y'all. Um, I think overall, I, I'm going to agree with you guys on the running backs and the receivers. This is something to get excited about for coach B and for commanders fans everywhere. I think, th I think there's going to be a lot of plays in this offense. I think you guys are going to score a lot more points than you have in previous years. Now I want to get to something that I don't want to say is a weakness, but perhaps could be more of a cause for concern, and that is the offensive line. Start with our centers here. We've got Nick Gates, who's probably going to be the starter. He came over as a free agent from the Giants. Tyler Larson, and of course, the rookie, Ricky Stomberg. At guard, we've got Braden Daniels, Andrew Norwell, Chris Paul, not the basketball player, um, Heaton Sutherland, Andrew Wiley. He's another uh, free agent that you guys got. I'm excited for him. 
Uh, offensive tackle, we've got Alex Akingbulu, Sadiq Charles, Sam Cosme, Jared Jones-Smith, Charles Leno, Cornelius Lucas, Trent Scott, and Aaron Montero. A lot of those guys, again, are probably just uh, training camp bodies. But we'll go over your starters here when we're done with the full roster. I think your starters, if they play well, can be average. And I think if you guys have a 12 to 15 ranked offensive line in the NFL, I think that's good enough for the commanders to get in the playoffs. How about you, John? I think that would be huge. Um, I don't think I, I, in my mind, I don't put us there. Um, that yeah. would, that would be, that would be a, uh, a, a very positive ranking for us. If we hit that, if we hit that measure at the end of the year, I will say uh, the team for whatever reason has done a decent enough job, like, kind of, you know, maneuvering offensive linemen the last couple of years. Um, you know, I don't think we were as high as Philadelphia in terms of injuries because, uh, but I do know that we've we've had to deal and, and kind of maneuver some of these guys. And it's one of the biggest reasons that Rivera and them like position flex um, across the offensive line. Um, I think that Sam Cosme ends up moving into uh, the guard position. Now that they've got Andrew Wiley, I think that shores up the right-hand side. Uh, fairly well. I think Andrew Norwell is listed right now as our left guard. I think okay. that probably, I think he probably falls off. I don't think that they even, they, I think they probably cut him to save some cap space. Um, and then left guard will be the biggest question mark. George. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to agree with John. Uh, I just wanted to go review kind of the 2022 O line and, and it's, I mean, guys, it's pretty much the same line, and they're ranked yeah. 15. They're ranked 15th in the league. So, like, yes, I don't think it's yeah. the best. I don't think it's the best position group we have. Um, but Charles Leno's still there. Andrew Norwell, obviously Chase, no longer Trey Turner and Samuel Cosme. So you could look at guys like Cornelius Lucas. Um, you look at some of the guys that we drafted early these last few years um, in, the, in the first few rounds. I'm, I'm really looking forward to them to step up. I, w I think we all know that at least 10 offensive linemen play every single season. Uh, so I think depth's going to be very important as well. And, um, yeah, I, I, look, I, I would hope to honestly repeat from what we did last year. At 15, yeah. And you know what? Actually, something else I just thought about, George, that gives me a little bit more hope now that you mentioned where our ranking was last year. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, I think, was a big reason for uh, multiple sack games, right? Uh, the offensive line performed better and seemed to be more appreciative of when Taylor Heineke was in the game. Um, so I think game plan-wise, I think when you have a quarterback like Sam Al that can move around a little bit more, hopefully help take some of the pressure off of the O-line, um, I think I think that'll be a boon. Yeah, having a quarterback like Sam who's who's a little more mobile, too, um, I, th I think that, that can make his offensive line. He can create yeah, some that's plays. Yeah, I mean. Exactly. He can move around a little bit like Heineke. All right. Well, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball, and we'll start with the defensive line, something I know that we're not really concerned about being a weakness on the team. Uh, defensive ends, of course, we got your starters, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. We've also got Casey Tuhill. I know he gets some some snaps. Shaka Tony, James Smith-Williams, Josh Poyer, K.J. Henry, William Bradley King. And for the defensive tackles, we've got two of the best in the business, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, who just got paid. Uh, we also got Big Phil Mathis. I know he got hurt last year, so he'll be a welcome sign back. John Ridgway, and there's a few other um, depth chart pieces to fill it out. But all in all, I think this is a top three defensive line in the NFL. 
If it wasn't for the Eagles, I'd say they're a surefire best in the division, but Philadelphia is just so stacked there. But regardless of division, this is one of the elite defensive lines in football, one of the elite groups in all of football. So, George, I mean, I know there's not much more to, to break down, but I, I'm sure you're excited that these guys are all coming back. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. Uh, it's obviously the strongest position group that we have, um, and, and it's a strong position group for the entire defense. That's what the d- defense relies on is that front. So I, I'm, I'm so stoked that you remember Big Phil, bro. But there yeah. Mathis, which is it's too funny to me because like, he was kind of the forgotten man because he got hurt so early. And having that D-tackle depth, having a guy that's with fresh lungs that's a second-round pickup from Alabama, I mean, it's going to help us tremendously against some yeah. of these uh, running games. And I think we know that both tackles, uh, both John and both Duran – they both can sack the quarterback too. These guys aren't oh, yeah. plugging the B gap, plugging the A gap and sitting there. They're going after the quarterback. So they generate that A and B gap pressure. And that every quarterback hates that. Every and you, if you're able to rush the edge with Montez and and be able to kind of hold contain that position with Chase, like this is a very dominant force. We've seen this force before. Uh these guys have been together for a long period of time. This is not new. Uh we're just adding more pieces. So I'm just looking forward for them to just pin their ears back and get after that quarterback, man. How about you, John? Dude, same exact thing, man. It's like you can't understate that, you know, this is considered the strongest portion of our roster most likely. Um, And I just want to see them play. I just want to see them play great. I just want to see them live up to the potential that that everyone else sees in them. Um, And I want to see Chase take some steps, right? I think uh, the most Commanders fans would would probably agree with that. Um, I think that we have the pieces in place. I think we have the depth in place. I just really hope we stay healthy. And and I hope that they go out and show uh, why they get so much hype, why they get so much love. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted just to add a little bit – on the side of Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I, I was listening to an interview with Jack Del Rio, and he mentioned Deron Payne did. He literally wrote the freaking book on what to do when you want a new contract. He showed up to OTAs. He didn't like it. He fucking hated it, but he still yeah. did it. He still did his individual workouts. Um, he he tore it up all year, didn't complain at all, and he got paid. Now, as we know, John knows, I think, Brian, you know that Montez and Chase are not at OTAs, and, and Del Rio was asked about it, and Del Rio said, basically, you know, again, Deron Payne wrote the playbook. These guys, it's a business. You got to show up, and you got – I mean, Chase has had two sacks in, like, I don't know how long, 18 months? You know what yeah. I mean? So but behind injuries and things like that. So the, for the fact for him not to be at OTAs is definitely disappointing. I know this is all voluntary. But, dude, I mean, I can't respect you as a teammate if that's who you are. Yeah, hopefully um, it doesn't bleed into, uh, you know, training camp when we get closer to, uh, you know, August. That's uh, only time will tell. Uh, Now we'll go over the linebackers. Like you guys said, you guys really only have one backer on the field at a time, maybe two. Um, Those are going to be Jamin Davis and Cody Barton, who you brought over to replace. Um, Who's my favorite mullet? What's his name? A white for a white, bro. Cole Holcomb. Cole Holcomb, thank you. A white for a white. And speaking speaking of white linebackers, let's not forget about David Mayo. Never never a more white He's name there, than yeah, David Mayo. Sure. You guys also got uh, Kaliki Hudson, Andre Kaliki, Jones, yeah. John Harris, and Nate Gary. Um, so the again linebacker. Oh, he just got released. Yeah. All right. Well, Nate, Nate, Nate. Best of luck finding a job out there. 
But to me, guys, uh, the Euro, this, is, this isn't uh, obviously a strength for your team, but you, you don't really need it to be. You need uh, one or two sure tacklers on the field. Hopefully, Jamin Davis continues to grow and to maybe eventually live up to his high draft pick. And if, uh, if our guy, Cody Barton from Seattle, can come over and have, I'll say, just similar pr- production um, as the guy that he's replacing, he'll be just fine. So as a linebacker, is, is this something that, do you, George, do you need another piece, or, or are these guys good enough to, to fill the role that, that they play? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Jamin Davis. I really am. I, I think that he, unfortunately, makes a ton of splash plays, but then he makes a, a bunch of just bonehead mistakes. I mean, he's one of the best athletes on that field at all times. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just that he, I don't know if it's uh, – him not necessarily. I think he started football late in his life. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that he's been just kind of a freak dominant athlete. Uh, but I, I, I think we're always looking forward to see Jamin do better and better every year. So I, I'd love to see, you know, a, a top 25 linebacker kind of guy. He's a first round pick. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, that's what I want. Yeah. I want a top 25 linebacker as my first round pick. Right. Uh, so yeah. if he can, if he could do something, to that nature. And I, I think we're, we'll, we'll be strong with Cody. He's kind of like a, it seems like a very like side to side linebacker, very similar to Holcomb. Uh, uh-huh. And I'm not, I'm not too concerned. I think that Seattle defense played pretty well all year. Yeah. Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll um, will always coach up his linebacker. So I think you guys are getting um, a good product coming over. John, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I agree with you. I was basically going to say that exact same thing. I think Cody Barton is like a really nice plug and play, um, makes you feel comfortable, like always even keeled um, as far as box score and, you know, playing his part. Um, I think Jameis, I agree with with uh, George. I think like I'm excited to continue to see growth because I do think if anything, as much criticism as he's gotten, he's grown over the years. There's always, and in regards to his athleticism, there's a, uh, a highlight reel of him that I've quoted uh, or talked about many times where he had some closing speed on Jalen hurts. That was like, wow. You know, like I'm watching that replay a couple of different times. It's like, dang dude. Okay. That's what he can bring when he's playing instinctively. Um, Khalif Hudson, you mentioned, he played pretty good in stints uh, last year. Um, So like if he's, if he needs to be some fill in to give guys a breather, I think, yeah. I mean, I think like confidence probably overstating it, but like, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Well, I think something you guys should definitely be cool with are your defensive backs. Of course, they're not the studs that the defensive line, you know, boasts for for the Washington Commanders. But I'm a big fan. I think if you guys are going to roll out um, a secondary with Emmanuel Forbes, Kendall Fuller, and Benjamin St. Juice, those are three very strong corners. You brought over Cameron Dantzler from the Vikings. He's going to add depth. Who else do we got here? Troy Apke, who Deion Sanders said is – Fast, fast. Uh, Nick Whiteside, Danny Johnson, Demarcus Fields, Tariq Castro, Fields, no relation. Uh, but all in all, uh, we may have lost George, but John, um, those are the corners. Let me run through the safeties as well, then I'll then I'll get your opinion. Yeah. One of my favorite guys in the whole division, Cameron Curl and Derek Forrest. I'm a big fan of him as well. You got Jeremy Reeves, who I believe was a pro bowler on special teams last year. We talked about Jartavius Martin, the second round pick from Illinois. You also got Kendall Smith and Xavier Hudson, Farid Gardner. You guys are very deep at secondary, and I think this is an absolute strength on the team. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's kind of an understated strength, right? Because like some of these names are new names. Some of these names are not super well known, right? They're not household items. Um, 
there are many of them that play, like Cameron Doe, for example, that play above their draft positions, above what people thought that they were going to do. Um, and you've got guys like Kendall Fuller that are kind of, you know, the old trusty vet um, that you know is just kind of, you know, day in and day out, he's going to give you exactly what you need. Um, so uh, I think it's difficult this day and age in the NFL um, to kind of repeat defensive success. Um, and I think uh-huh. a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's just an overwhelmingly pass-heavy league, right? And it's like minuscule, you know, missteps in the secondary can lead to devastating results a lot of times nowadays. Um, but when you look at the production that we've gotten out of what we already have, uh, and then you look at the additions of guys like Emmanuel Forbes, Jortavius Martin, Benjamin St. Juice, Percy Butler. Those are four names from the last couple of draft classes that I think are going to get some opportunities here uh, to step up and, and kind of show uh, what they can do, too. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I'm expecting a lot more forced turnovers from this group, not just because Emmanuel Forbes is going to bring his skill set. I just think with uh, with a fully healthy defensive line, hopefully all those guys who are missing OTAs show up to training camp. I think a lot of that pressure is going to lead to a lot of turnovers. Yeah, um, and we well, and one thing too to keep in mind, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, but like most of our organization, whether that's coaches or all, even all the way up to front office, we've got a lot of ex players and a lot of ex players on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so they've always wanted the defensive side of things to be our strength, um, and I think adding a lot of these pieces and looking at a lot of these names, like if this coaching staff could end games like, you know, 10 to nine every week, I think that they would. Yeah. With with us in the win category. That's a Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio special. George, any thoughts on the secondary? Yeah. um, I mean, I think, I think we have depth in all positions. Um, I think we, again, I know I've been talking about depth a lot lately, but they got to be one of the deeper second secondaries in the league. Uh, you know, yeah. with, the, with the youth they have, you know, with with the veteran leadership they have with with Kendall Fuller. And I think St. Juice is really going to have a year for us. Super long guy, not necessarily the most physical, um, but he's going to have a big task with playing Philly and the boys with CD. And um, I'm looking I'm going to look forward to seeing him kind of uh, coming in his own a little bit. And, yeah, he's going to be challenged. He's really going to be challenged this year. Well, that's good, man. The, you know that challenge will bring out the best in him, and I think, I think, uh, I think he's going to thrive. Uh, let's finish out the roster. We can't forget about the place kicker Joey Sly, and uh, maybe my favorite player on the team. I know John's nephew James Warman rocks the Tress Way jersey. Um, so everybody loves Tress, uh, and uh, you know Tress Way probably will be a Pro Bowler. Uh, all right, well, now guys, players, I want maybe. I just want to go through the starters that NFL.com has listed. If you guys have any qualms about this and disagree, please feel free to interrupt. QB1, Sam Howell. Starting running back, they have Brian Robinson slash Antonio Gibson. Uh, three receivers set. They got Scary Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan the Don Dotson. Tight end, Logan Thomas. Left tackle, Charles Leno. Left guard, Sadiq Charles. Center, Nick Gates. Right guard, Sam Cosme. Right tackle, Andrew Wiley. On yeah. the deep, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I didn't know if you wanted to do offense and then defense. What do you, is, is that the offense that you think that those 11 guys are they they roll out there week one? Yeah, for the most part. I think, um, I think that left guard position and the center position, uh, uh-huh. could get maneuvered depending on how things work throughout training camp. I think they're probably going to try out 
uh, different guys at both of those positions. Like I said earlier, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Gates or Stromberg ends up at that left guard position. Um, or, you know, if it's Sadiq Charles or Chris Paul, it could be one, of, it could be any of those guys. Um, so I think those, those two are the only two positions I could see like having some sort of manipulation or some sort of change. Sure. George, how do you feel about your starting offense? Yeah, I, I think that I'm going to allude to what John just said, honestly. Um, there's, again, there's a lot of depth in every position, so I could see a few different positions going other ways, uh, especially our offensive line. And I think that everyone's going to be kind of fed in similar ways. I think that we're going to try to provide the rock as much as we can to Scary Terry. But I think that a lot, there's going to be a lot of even numbers. I could see. You know, guys like Brian Robinson rushing for 750, Antonio Gibson rushing for 825, uh, you know, Chris getting his with, a, you know, four or five touchdowns in, in 400 yards, you know. So it's like the Rock is going to go to a lot of different places. I, I don't even love this team as far as fantasy aspects because there is so much depth. Yeah. Um, I will, I'll, I'll probably avoid them this year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, maybe George Yields are after the Washington football Defense, and we'll go over them right now. Oh, uh, defensive segue. end, Mont- defensive end <laughs> Montez Sweat. Defensive end, Chase Young. Defensive tackles, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. They got you guys listed here as two starting linebackers. Middle linebacker, Jamin Davis. Outside linebacker, Cody Barton. We have you here in a three-cornerback set. Kendall Fuller, Emmanuel Forbes, Benjamin St. Just, and the starting safeties, pro football favorites, Cameron Curl, and Derek Forrest. Guys, I think that is a top 10 defense all day. Johnny, got to be excited about that. Absolutely, man. And it's like Georgia said it multiple times, too. The exciting thing about that is, like, I really like the names that you just listed as our starters. Um, But there's multiple positions where those guys are going to be able to get rotated at positions. And I think we, we should, or hopefully are going to have, you know, a couple of games in all the confidence in, in the world in the rotational players as well. Um, so I think this defense can really, really show out this year. Yeah. I'd have to agree with John. And what I'm thinking about the amount of depth on the defensive end, you, you know, they're going to be able to play so many different coverages. Um, and I mean, I could see them all branching out of the line of scrimmage and, and a lot of, you know, fake blitzes and all these guys can cover. I know that. I guess the only thing that maybe I would be any concerned of on this defense um, is is some of the tackling ability from maybe some of the corners. But if that's the one thing that I'm worried about, then I'm, I shouldn't be too worried. I, I, I think Defoe yeah. is going to really have a, a crazy year this year. I really believe in Derek Forrest. Um, I also think that we forget about Percy Butler a lot. I think that he's kind of a um, you know, a wild card a little bit. So, again, so much depth on the back end. And, you know, one of the main things that Washington's been known to do is give up the big play, right? A lot of those over 30-yard, um, you know, big-time plays. And I'm just, you know, communication is key. Uh, the athletes are there. Now we just need to communicate with each other. Very well said, boys. All right. Now I want to end it up and have a little bit of fun. Guys, I realize right now it's only – May 24th. We've got a lot. There's still some pretty big free agents out there. For God's sake, Adrian Peterson wants to come back and play football. So like, there's still, there's still a lot that's to, to be said about the 2023 season. But let's go through the A-team game schedule. Pretty much I want you guys to say win or loss. I got a piece of paper here. I'm going to count up the tallies, and we'll see where you guys have your Washington Commanders finishing. 
as John alluded to, to start us off, you guys do have a home opener, and you will welcome the Arizona Cardinals. I doubt Kyler Murray will be ready to play by this game. I'm not sure. But, John, is this a win or a loss? That's a win. That's a win, George. All right. Week two, you guys travel to Mile High Field to play the Sean Payton coach Denver Broncos. Is that a win? I'm 2-0. 2-0. I'm 2-0. That's a win. Let's go. How, how optimistic are you going here? I'm not, I'm not, honestly, if you notice, the first <laughs> few weeks of the schedule are the easiest. So, just remember what knows. Okay, yeah. well, now let's get to week three and four, and we'll see how optimistic George is. Because now you are hosting the Buffalo Bills. Is this a win? No, it's an L. Okay. That's an L. That's an L. An L. All right. Now, week four, this is going to be a tough game. You're going on the road to face the Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. This is a team that you beat last year. You ended their undefeated uh, start to the season. Guys, do you get the win here? No, that's an L. Okay. That's a- George? George! <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what come is- on. Taylor Heineke got hit on a freaking on a knee. Um, Save the game for us. I think it's going to take Sam a little bit of time. I'm going to give him the L. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, two and two, that was fine. And now you guys are playing a Thursday night game against the Bears. If you guys remember last year's Thursday night game against the Bears, that was a real snore fest. So let's yeah. hope this game's a little more entertaining. Uh, yeah, so no, this is a win. And I and there's a little bit of personal vendetta, I hope, here from the team. Because if you remember, it was a snore fest, but it ended really terribly with uh, this was the game where Scary Terry had the penalty if for being in motion or whatever. Yeah. It was that real, real was very strange, strange finish. Yeah, where we should have won the game and we we didn't. We lost the game. So we're playing them again. Same exact time. Same exact, you know, uh, Thursday night scheduled game. That's a win. Yeah, I, I think that it's, um, it's going to be a, maybe a little bit more of a funky game. Probably closer than we want it to be. Um, but I, I'm going to get the W here. I think you guys get the win there. I think the Chicago Bears are a massively improved football too. team. They yeah. got yeah. DJ. They got DJ Moore. Um, I think they have an improved offensive line. I, I think the Chicago Bears. I don't know what their over under in Vegas is, but I, I think the Bears could maybe not get to five hundred, but flirt with it. Well, and we'll, we'll see. Um, week six, you guys travel to the Dirty South to play the Atlanta Falcons. George, is this a win? Just a Taylor Heineke revenge game. Ooh. I, I, actually, I like the Falcons this year. I just don't think their defense can handle our backs, so I'm going to go take on Jason. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. I would agree with those sentiments. I think uh, the Falcons' run game is something to be really excited about, but I think just initially my first thought would be, like, I'm fine with that. We're going to match up with that. Strength, I'm taking yeah, a win. I'm taking a win. I think we're stronger. John, I'm sure you were alluding to the first-round draft pick out of Texas, B. John Robinson. We're all excited to to see him play. But at the end of the day, I don't know if it's going to be Taylor Heineke or it's going to be Desmond Ritter, but the quarterback situation in Atlanta is uh, shaky yeah. at best. All right, Week 7, you guys have your first of two matchups against the New York Football Giants. You're on the road in MetLife Stadium, win or loss? I think uh, I think we're going to take the L here. Yeah. I agree. I, this division is so good, like not to bury the lead here, but like splitting the division like home and away is like 
I wouldn't say a no brainer, but all the teams are so good. It's like, let's be, let's be partial and fair here. I'm going to take an L there too. All right, guys, week eight, uh, we're still in the month of October and now you guys have already played the Philadelphia Eagles twice. This time you're, you're hosting them at a uh, at FedEx field. Excuse me. Do you guys get a, a sneaky win against the, uh, defend, defending division champs? Um, I'm going to take the L here. Oh, okay. Dang. All right, well, then I'm going to take a W here, George. Who's going to take an L also? But you know what? I think the Eagles, uh, you know, they're a phenomenal team. Our division's great. But I think that if you take into account all of the things that we've had to get excited about this offseason, if we're in a decent position at this point in the year and the team is still playing hard and the fans are still showing up, let's beat these Eagles at home. Let's go. And now you guys are going to embark on a little bit of a road trip. You are going to fly out to Boston to play the New England Patriots in Week 9, win or loss? Win. Win. All right, Week 10. Now you guys are flying to the other side of the country, brutal, to face uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Seattle Seahawks are an interesting team. They exceeded expectations last year with Geno Smith. Geno got paid. Not sure if it's the right move. Um, you guys have some history with Seattle, obviously in the playoffs. Uh, is this a win or a loss? What are you thinking here, George? This, this is, is a tough, tough one to call for me. For me to give him the W right here, but I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go successful road trip uh, against against okay. you know this is gonna be a pivotal moment, especially if they win if they lose that second game against Philly. Uh, so I think this is an important road trip for them, and they're gonna go two and zero. Nice. Nice. John? Nice. Yeah, I could see, I mean, essentially a rookie quarterback here, right? Like he's got one game. I think there's going to be some games this year where you're kind of going to scratch your head um, at Sam Howell's performances. I think this could be one of those. It's always hard traveling west for games, and Pete Carroll's a freaking defensive genius. So I'm going to take an L here. All right. Going into week 11, both of you guys got him at five wins. So you're right there. Now, week 11, you are going to be hosting the New York Giants. Win or loss? I'm going big W here. This is a big W. That's a, That's big, a big W, w. baby. Yeah. Smashing like Danny it. Dimes. I want this to be the very first time that we really prove that, like, Danny Dimes is not. Because, like, against the Commanders, Danny Dimes is an elite quarterback. Against yeah. the rest of the league, he's like, yeah, yeah. whatever. I like what you guys got there. A, a, a division split with the Giants seems fair. Ah, now gobble, gobble. One of my favorite games on the schedule. Traveling to Dallas on Thanksgiving to play my Cowboys, win or loss? I'm, I gotta take the W, man. I, I think last time we lost the boys in the and the skins play, dude. We ended up beating you. You're right. So I gotta I gotta give him the W here against Dallas. All right, I like it. Yeah, going to Jerry's World is going to be tough, man. Um, you guys always get up for these games too, right? Like I wasn't Zeke jumping in the freaking. Uh, Salvation Army bucket wasn't that a, a Thanksgiving yeah. game? Possibly. Oh, yeah. uh, they they always pain me. I'm gonna take an L here. All right, George got the win. John's taking the L. That's gonna be a fun game. I was happy that that's that's uh, that's the Thanksgiving oh, yeah. game. Yeah, absolutely fun. All right, week thirteen. We open up December. You're hosting the Miami Dolphins, the high powered offense of Miami Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Very exciting. Win or loss? Yeah, this is a hard one for me because I think a, a lot of it depends on Tua. Um, if Tua's not there, you know, I, I feel pretty strongly that we'll get the W here. 
Uh, but I'm actually going to take Miami to win this game. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take an L here too. I think this is another one where the Dolphins have done a very good job defensively. And I think this could be another one of those head scratcher games where like Sam Howell just really didn't look great. Yeah. Now, George, don't forget, although Tua's health is definitely a concern, the Dolphins signed Mike White, one of my favorite backup quarterbacks in the league. So, I mean, not, not that I think he's a threat, but but I do think that provides a little depth for them. Now, week 15, you guys fly out to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Los Angeles. Win or loss. I'm going to take the W here. Yeah. Same. Curious yeah, I think, see yeah, the, Rams I think the Rams – same. I'm curious to see what happens with them. I feel like they, they may have sold their soul for that Super Bowl. They got no draft pick. Matthew Stafford is injured. They're getting old. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting year for Sean McVay out there in L.A. All right, week 16. You guys are going to face our old friend, Mr. Rogers. You're flying to MetLife Stadium again to play the Jets. Win or loss? W. I think the Jets are going to be terrible this year. Okay. No way. Terrible. Terrible, George? Yeah. <laughs> terrible. That's a hot, that's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, man, I'm bummed that freaking, I didn't even realize it until, uh, until late in the game, but that now this is three years in a row that we've had to play Rodgers, and I think the Jets are more talented than Green Bay was last year, so I'm taking an L here, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. All right. I think they're going to be, by this time in the year, I think yeah, they're going to be yeah. grooving. Yeah. All right. Well, Happy New Year. You guys are going to ring in the new year on New Year's Eve by hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Win or loss? Okay. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's an L. They're going to be another watch. dominant freaking team. It could be a fun game to watch just because it's strength on strength again. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. And we end the year as we always do. The Dallas Cowboys are coming to the nation's capital week 18. This is going to be in 2024. So this, how do we start start off the new year? Bring out Win the or brooms, kid. We're sweeping the boys this year. Do we know, baby? Wow. Brian's, Brian's absolutely going to remember this for the Cowboys over. Disrespect. For the Cowboys. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm taking a W here, too. I'm, I'm doing the split with the Cowboys. Yeah. I hope, you know, as, as it's been the last couple of years for all of us, that this game is more meaningful than just like a win-loss, right? Um, I hope this yeah. is like, oh, you know, these two teams are vying for some sort of playoff or somebody's playoff hopes are on the line because that just makes those last final couple of games like so much more interesting. All right, guys. Well, John, your record for the team, I may have uh, disagreed on a few different wins, losses, but I have the team where you have them. You have them at nine and eight. I think that's a good record for Washington. I think that could sneak them into the playoffs. And George Van Riper, as he so often does, has the Washington Commanders going eleven and six? That's a playoff team, baby. <laughs> yeah, nine. Eleven. Eleven wins, my friend. <laughs> two of them two of them over the Cowboys. Well, I mean, come on, of course, right? Yeah, you're right. Hey, I will say this. I will say this. If we end up having four or five wins this year, right? I think that uh-huh. maybe the change to the enemy. I'm curious to see how this works out. Um, I, I'm starting to think more. I'm, I guess I'm a little bit less confident because I was so excited about him. 
Um, I just know he really likes to get on his players, and I hope that our players are are open to that because uh, he's already been getting rowdy. Already he's getting very lively with the players. You know, he's all about the details. So I just hope that you know we can we can work with him. That's all. John, any yeah. uh, closing closing thoughts um, as as we uh, put a bow on this Washington Commanders offseason? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm surprised that uh, I think I was a little more optimistic in some of these picks um, than I initially thought uh, when I kind of first looked at the roster. So the fact that I came out nine and eight, I think I have looking at the broad schedule, I was lower than that. Um, I think we have a tough schedule this year, um, but I do think that we have the capability. Um, to to play up in, in the NFC East uh, and in the NFC in general because it's a weaker conference. Um, so I always think that there's there's room, and I think that we've made some moves, not just uh, in, as far as players and the draft and stuff, but to George's point with the enemy with a hard nosed offensive mind that we've so desperately needed uh, with the talent that we have on the roster. That I think that we have the opportunity to to kind of rise up. I mean, be will, be will. I'm going to ask you a question yeah. from an outsider perspective. Okay. Can you name seven teams that are better than this roster in the NFC? Seven teams better in, in the, the NFC. Because if you look at the NFC, you'd be very surprised. There's yeah. not a ton of comp there. No. That's I why the Eagles and the freaking 49ers were both 12, 13 there are teams last year. Teams, dude. I. Unfortunately, I would say there's three teams that are all in the division, and I think oh, that's sure. the biggest problem for yeah. the Commanders. But other than the, let's, so let's go wait, to three. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying roster? You think the, the Giants, Giants are better, better than Washington? I, I don't know if I, I would got... say roster, but I just think they obviously have it more put yeah. together. At this maybe point. it, maybe the roster isn't the right thing. Maybe it's the coaching that did it for the Giants. So I could tie. I, I would think maybe Washington could tie them, but. I, I like these additions of of uh, Darren Waller. I like the kid Jalen Hyatt they drafted. Yeah. I, I I like I like the Giants roster as well. But I'll say the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Forty ers the Vikings. I mean, I'm struggling. I, I I still think even though Aaron Rodgers is gone, Green Bay has more talent on their roster than um, Washington. And I'm 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 a big Detroit Lions fan this year, so I would put you guys right there on the border of six or seventh most talented rosters in the NFC. I think we just got to be seven. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. With the addition of the extra wild card, man, it just makes everything so much more exciting, too. For sure. Uh, my final thought is is uh, you guys. Let's say you're the eighth best roster in the NFC. That that can get you a playoff spot. It it will come down as it mostly does in this league to the quarterback position, whether it's Sam Howell, whether it's Jacoby Brissett. Um, if, if these guys can can play turnover-free football for the most part and just let these weapons, j- just be a point guard, just distribute the ball to your weapons and let them do what they do best, and that's run after the catch um, or just pound the rock with, with, with the strength of, of uh, the running backs. So I, th- I, think, uh, I think you guys are going to be very similar to where you were last year. Going into week 17, week 18, you're going to have to win a big game against the Cowboys, against the 49ers, against the Jets to uh, yeah. sneak into the playoffs. So it's this has been exciting, guys. Um, appreciate both of my Commanders fans here um, sticking on for an hour. We hope you guys all enjoyed. We'll be back um, for the month of June. We will do the New York Giants team preview. So thank you all again for listening.
to the NFC East. <laughs> <laughs>